Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. So glad you came and it's an honor to be with you today. All our guests that are with us, can you join me in giving a clap for our guests? It's great. Love you guys. We hope you experience God while you're here and come back to see us. So we're in a series called Fans and Followers, and we're going to continue that today. Before I jump into it, I want to remind you that next Sunday is our Baptism Sunday, and so we'd like you to be a part of that. If you've never been baptized, you can sign up at our website, but that's next Sunday where you make a public profession of your faith. And so we invite you to do that. Uh, we always do it like this, though. I think it's so exciting because we put the baptism tank out under the carport there. After service, everybody goes out there, and as people are being baptized, we all celebrate. It's intimate. It's great. And so you will love it. So if you're not being baptized, be sure to stay a few minutes and be a part of that. That'll be great. Okay, you ready for the message today? I believe God's got something for us, and so I'm ready to preach and um, so I want to um, talk on the topic that of who's the boss. So like, who is the boss of your life? Is it you or is it God? So that's the way we're headed with it today. Who is the boss? And so uh, how many of you ever been to a football game or you've seen on TV and they hold up the sign, John 3, 16? Have you ever seen that? Um, this started back in the 1980s. Maybe some of us that are a little older will remember the rainbow haired guy. He wore a rainbow wig and he held up the sign. Any of us a little bit older folks remember the rainbow guy? Come on, raise your hand. Help me out. I was, I saw it. I saw it, but it formed this trend of people today. They still hold up, you know, you'll see them out in the fans like this and it's kind of fun. You know what John three sixteen stands for? It's, it's the Bible verse and for God so loved the world. Remember that verse that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish. Remember that. Okay, okay, great. So, um, well, the reason he would hold that up would be as a way to intrigue people to look this up and hopefully become a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's a great verse to, to help someone, like, begin a relationship. And it's a great verse. But I was just kind of thinking, you know, like, why this verse? Maybe there are other verses that could be held up. And so, like, this verse right here, Deuteronomy. You've never seen this one out there in and you'll understand why, but if you ever see in a stand someone hold up Deuteronomy 28, 27, uh, you're going to think, well, why'd they do that? Let me tell you what it says. This is a great verse to hold up because it says the Lord will afflict you with boils in Egypt and with tumors and festering sores that itch and you cannot be cured. And like, we don't hold that up. Like nobody's going to say, well, I want to go meet your God if they held that sign up. Like, so you're probably like, why is that in the Bible? Well, um, in the Old Testament, if you did not obey God, like some pretty rough stuff came. So this next one, I've never seen this one at a stadium either. I don't know if you probably haven't either. Um, this is another Deuteronomy. So if you ever want to read some Old Testament verses that teach you what, you know, can happen if you, if you don't obey God. But um, fortunately, we're on the other side of the cross with grace. But Deuteronomy chapter 14, 21. Actually, I think it's good advice. I think that if this is actually a good advice one. You may not recognize it first, but Deuteronomy 14, 21 is do not eat anything you find already dead. So like don't eat roadkill. Simple. Like I'm like, fair. That's a good verse. Like 
Now that may not lead you to Christ, but like that's good advice. So wouldn't you think like, let's, let's not, if you see it on the road, just let it be, let it be. This next one, this is Hebrews 13, 17. So a great verse. I mean, this is an amazing verse. You're gonna wanna know what it says. You're gonna, you're like, you know, at the game though, they just put the verse up and you have to go look it up, intrigue you. I'm just not going to tell you what this one is. I'm just going to, you're just going to have to wonder this. What is that one? Now, take a picture, take a picture of me. Sorry, but you know, get that, get that in there. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. <laughs> Post that tag me. It'd be great. But so listen, here's what I want. Here's what I don't want you to do. Do not look this verse up while I'm preaching. All right. Don't do it. Don't, you've got your phone. Some of you are already doing it. Stop. Don't do it. Like the, because if you do it while I'm preaching, you're going to know why I told you not to look at that. And you're going to be like, oh, he got me. Okay. So I know you want to, don't just, just wait. You can do it. Just awesome. But that's probably not a verse that's going to lead people to Christ. There's probably some other verses that you might want to use. So I was thinking about what Jesus did to, to lead people to follow him. And he didn't have John three sixteen. He used a verse like this. Let me read this to you and you see it on the screen. John 3, 16, sorry, did I get the wrong one? 16, 24, sorry, thank you. Uh, this is, I can't even say it right. Matthew 16, 24, not, listen to what I mean, not to what I say. All right, so <laughs> Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the, their cross and follow me. And I was just thinking like, like that's a pretty in-depth verse that, that if you say to someone, hey, to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself, surrender to him, take up your cross and follow him. Like, but you know what? Jesus wasn't afraid to challenge people to a deeper walk with him, to surrender their life. Here's another one I was thinking about that Jesus used to create followers. And this is out of Matthew as well. This is Matthew 19, 21. And he said this, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. And what he was saying is, is what's gonna be the, the most important part of your life? Is it your money or is it Jesus? Who's the boss of your, of your life? And, and he wasn't afraid to challenge people that when they became followers, what it might cost them. Luke chapter 9 verse 59 this is another way that Jesus invited people to follow him and he said to this person he said come follow me and the man agreed but he said Lord first let me return home and bury my father but Jesus told him let the spiritually dead bury their own dead then you can go and preach the message to the kingdom and I was thinking about I mean I know that Jesus isn't saying, you know, dishonor your parents. That wasn't the point of it. He's making this point in all of these verses that, that we're going to have to have a priority of following Jesus over our own desires, over our finances, and over our relationships. He's making this point with all of his follow me statements, and you can see it on the screen. But I want you to know that following Jesus will require all of me. That's what he asks of us, all of us. Like he doesn't just you know, lead you down this road and say, hey, um, you know, just give me part of your life. He wants all of our life. When I was thinking about this and I'm putting in the terms of fans and followers, fans 
are saved. Followers are surrendered. Now, it's great to be saved. It's awesome to be saved. But followers take this next place, this next step of saying, God, I want to surrender my life to you. Surrender. When it comes to fans and followers, fans, they want all of the benefits without it costing anything. They, they want to be, you know, friends with benefits. Let it sink. I want all the benefits, but I don't want any responsibility. I want friends with benefits. That's what fans think of, not surrendered. Fans want a relationship with Jesus as long as I don't have to change my behaviors. As long as I can still go to the bars, as long as I can still do what I want to do, then I get to be a Christian. Well, you might be a fan and not a follower. Followers, I'm sorry, fans follow Jesus as long as he doesn't ask too much of them. Now, before you start thinking about other people in your life that are fans that, that are not there, before you start being judgmental about all the people that, that are fans, I want you to know that all of us have some fan in us. None of us are perfect in our surrender. None of us have got this all figured out. No one has fully surrendered every part of our life. I'm so thankful that God is gracious with us and he, he develops our life and he brings us along. We're in a process, church, of surrendering more and more of our life to him. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to be followers and allow Jesus to change us and to disciple us and turn us into the people he wants us to be. Amen? So I want to take one of those verses that I mentioned here that Jesus used to create disciples, and I want to just break it into four parts. The verse I want to use is Matthew 6, 20, 16, 24, and it says, Jesus said, number one, whoever. We're going to talk about whoever. And he said, wants to be my disciples. And he said, number two, must deny themselves. And number three, they need to take up the cross. And number four, follow me. And so we'll start with this part where Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever. It's an amazing invitation that Jesus gives to whoever, to anyone. Anyone, he wants anyone and everyone. Anyone means everyone. You can write that down when it comes to, to who is Jesus talking to. Whoever is anyone and anyone is for everyone. It's a significant word that Jesus uses here for whoever because it, he makes it clear that he's inviting anyone. He's inviting any person that you see to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Anyone that you come into contact, you need to know that he wants that person to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that Jesus doesn't begin with pre-qualifications. I'm glad he doesn't size me up before he calls me. No pre-qualifications. Pre-qualifications are for bank loans and for credit cards. And, and that's what pre-qualifications are for. He doesn't pre-qualify us to become part of his family. So a few years ago, we had experienced some financial setbacks in our life. And, and my credit score took a, took, a, took a beating and it dropped. And then in the middle of that, I, I needed to buy a car. And so I'd gone to a dealership knowing my credit score was, was low. I was very nervous. I was apprehensive because I didn't know if I was going to qualify 
for the loan. I didn't know if I would, I didn't know if I'd be accepted. And so when I went in and sat down, I, I was worried about it. And then the salesperson, I knew that when he went to pull my credit score, I knew that I'd be found out. I knew my failure. I knew he'd go, oh, he's messed up in life. And he would have, he would have some marks against his life. A lot of people feel like God and church are that way. They feel like they're afraid to be real because what if they find out something of my past? What if they find out I have a failure or a problem in my life? Will I be accepted in church and by God? I want you to know at Life Church, every single person, everyone is anyone, is welcome in this house. Come on, give that a clap. Because guess what? You and I were welcome and we weren't perfect either. And so we, we need to know that everyone is welcome. I'm so glad that God didn't pre-qualify us. He qualified us. As a matter of fact, no one is qualified. That's why the, the cross and that's why Jesus' grace is so powerful for us. Because he is the one that, that qualifies us. He is the one that went to the cross and he took the punishment and the payment for our failures so that we can be free. The grace of Jesus is greater than our biggest failures and our deepest regrets in life. And so Jesus calls everyone, anyone to be his follower. But be clear, as he accepts everyone, he also says, I need you to be aware that I'm going to ask you to surrender your life. I'm going to ask you to change along the way. And that's why it says in the second part of that verse that to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. He's asking us to surrender our life to his lordship. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I took the title of my message for this moment. Because I think that we need to recognize that lordship means Jesus is boss. Like who's boss? That's what lordship's all about. Who's the boss of your life? Who leads your life? Who are you following? Are you following yourself or are you following God? Now I want to clarify something that self-denial does not mean that you are denying everything about yourself. You're not denying your talents and you're not denying your personality and your lifelong dreams. No, what I'm saying is, is, is we deny ourselves is that we are surrendering who we are. We're surrendering our talents and our personality and our desires to God for his purposes in life, for his glory. So we don't have to deny ourselves in terms of, of pushing ourselves down. It's Lord, I give it all to you. It's yours. You're the Lord of my life. Would you agree that Jesus is Lord? Would everybody say that? Jesus is Lord. Everybody agrees with that. Amen. Jesus is Lord. We find this text that teaches about this in Philippians chapter 2. And it says in verse 9 and 11, it says, Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, every angel, of those on earth, every person, and those under earth, every demonic power, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, say it with me, is Jesus is Lord and to the glory of the Father. He's Lord. Do you know what Lord means though? Let's, let's look at it for a second. In the Greek language, Lord means kuros or it's, that was the Greek word which means as Lord or master having absolute ownership rights. When he says deny yourself, 
He's saying, make me the Lord of your life, that he is Lord of every area, every aspect of your life. And it's our position as we follow him to continue to lay down and to continue to give him more and more of our life. Because he belongs on the throne of our life, amen? And so if he is the Lord of our life, then we have to get off the throne of our life and give it to him. Apostle Paul, he's an example for us. And we see how he introduced his life. He introduced himself like this in Romans 1.1. He said, this is a letter from Paul. And he said, a slave of Christ Jesus. That's a strong word. What he's saying, though, is I have, I have become a bondservant. I have decided, I've chosen on my own free will to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ, to serve him and him alone. What a statement. He has absolute surrender. We want to surrender our life to Jesus Christ, which means that he is the boss of all our life. Amen. He's the boss of it. And so I was thinking about some specific ways, though, that, that maybe we need to apply this in our life. Understanding that Jesus is Lord, which means boss, that means he's the boss of our emotions. So like he's, he, he has lordship over our emotions. He has lordship over our social media posting. Whoa. He has lordship over what I view online. Like he's the boss of that. He's the boss of our political voting. He's the boss of that. Like we have to go to him and say, who do you want us to vote for, God? What fits your kingdom more than my preference? And I vote for that. He's the boss. He's the boss of my fears. He's the boss of my relationships. Maybe you're in a dating relationship and maybe the Lord would say, that's not the best relationship for you. You have a decision to make. Will you be led out of your desires or what Jesus wants for your life? He's the boss. He's the boss of your money. Amen. He's the boss of our time. He's the boss of our talents. Listen, he has lordship over your shopping in life. So maybe I'm messing with some of you. You know what else? He's, he's the lordship of my golfing. It hurts me at times. I love to golf. I love it. I love it. I would choose golf all the time if I could, and it's just fun. But, but sometimes it can begin to run my life a little bit, and i got to say, Lord, you're the Lord over it all. Amen? He's the Lord. I love baptisms. You know why I like baptisms? Because it's an outward expression. It's a demonstration of our surrendered life to Jesus. When we baptize people, we fully immerse them underwater. In other words, you are identifying that your entire life is submerged, submitted. It all, your old life is completely gone and you are rising to a brand new life to serve God, but fully submerged. So when you get baptized next week, I'm going to Press every part of your body in the water to demonstrate that your entire life is fully submitted to God, right? Like, so if your toe is up, I'm getting it. Like every part of your life goes down because you want to be submitted, submerged to God. The Bible says in Colossians 2.11, it says, for you were buried with Christ when you're baptized. And so it's just a, it's a representation that my entire life God, I'm surrendered to you. 
all of me, all of my life, all of the different parts and functions of my life, from my, from my time to, to my money, to, to my golf, to every part of my life, God, I give it to you. And it says, and with him, you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Some of you need to be baptized next week if you've never been baptized and, and said, I, I'm surrendering. I want everybody to know I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And I want you to get baptized. Sign up online and get baptized. Some of you, though, maybe you have held on to some areas of your life and you hear today that God is asking you to surrender something else to him, to surrender a part of your life that you've been holding on to. And God would do that. He would challenge you to surrender to him. Maybe this could be a moment for you to say, you know what, I'm going to get baptized again just to demonstrate that my entire life is surrendered to God. And so I want to challenge you to surrender part of your life to God. Maybe you need to surrender some areas today, and this is your challenge, what is God speaking to you about that needs to have some baptism on it? Maybe you need to baptize your social media. Maybe you need to baptize your relationships. Maybe you need to baptize your debit card. You know, maybe there's something, you know, it's like somebody goes, gets baptized. They leave their hand out of the water, but the, their wallet's still up, you know, like, no, everything is his. I'm going to bring my golf clubs next week. We're just going to baptize it all and say, God, it's all yours Everything is yours. Jesus is Lord of all. What area of your life is Jesus talking to you about? So after Jesus says to, to be his disciple, you deny yourself. And then he says to take up your cross, to take up your cross. This means that the cross is our victory in life. That's what it's talking about, your victory. Some people totally misunderstand this verse. When they hear about take up the cross, you may have heard someone say this before. Well, they'll say, it's just my cross I have to carry in life. It's just the burden that I have to have. And, and that's just, you know, God just is allowing me to have to live with this limp or live with this problem. It's just the cross that I carry. I want you to know that that is so not what the gospel teaches us. You need to know that Jesus suffered on the cross so that we can be free from every sickness, every disease, every sin, everything in our life. So I want you to know, don't ever say, that's the cross I have to carry as if you're going to suffer anymore. He suffered for you so you can have life in him. The cross, the cross is a place of, of victory for us. When I look at the cross, though, I have mixed emotions, one of regret and one of rejoicing at the same time. I regret that my sin caused Jesus to suffer for me. I rejoice, though, that I am forgiven and free. In this verse, it says that we, we must take up our cross. And what I want to emphasize is that living free is your choice in life. Living free from sin is your choice in life. Yes, you've been set free, but are you going to walk in what he set free? So many times we live in our past and we live in our, our place of, of defeat even when we've been set free and we haven't, we haven't allowed the cross, the power of the cross to deliver us from our past. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. 
But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. You know, some people misunderstand what it is to surrender to God and to surrender their past and surrender every part of their life. Some people that don't understand the power of the cross think, well, why would you, why would you surrender all your life to God? It's going to be so hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be, you know, something that you don't want in your life. They don't understand. Listen, the world will never understand our surrender. But to those of us who have been saved, we understand that the cross delivers us and sets us free from our sin and from our sickness and from our bondages. And so we live in a place of desire of surrendering our life because the more we surrender, the more free we get in our life. And so we thank God for the power of the cross. I want to remind you of our, our small groups, our life groups that are getting ready to begin and we have a group called Freedom Groups. And I want to just give a, a moment of advertisement for that group because the Freedom Group is a small group curriculum that takes 12 weeks. And over 12 weeks, you're going to learn about how the cross has set you free from bitterness and how the cross has set you free from past hurts and past wounds. And, and it's going to lead you through a process of getting freer and freer in your life. Then it concludes with a small retreat and we have a time of ministry. And so when you come to this little retreat after this class, we're going to pray for you and believe that God separates you from all those past wounds and hurts. And then we're going to lay hands on you and you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit to, to replace all that's been gone. It's an most amazing class. I want to encourage you to take this class so that you can be free, free. God wants you free indeed, amen? And so we want to be free. So Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross. And then he said, follow me. He said, follow me, follow me. It's an invitation to follow him. It's a, it's a delight to follow Jesus. When you follow him, he will lead you. He will lead you to the places he wants you to be in your life. As you surrender your life, he will take you to better places than you can get on your own. He will lead you to a better life. He will lead you to higher levels of, of what God's leading you to in your life. He will lead you to greener pastures. He'll lead, lead you to places of rest when you need rest. He'll also lead you through the valleys, uh, the low places, and he'll strengthen you in those places. I remember when COVID had hit our world and, and I was to the best of my ability trying to lead our church through significant unknown times and and we didn't know what the next week would look like. We didn't know what the, the, you know, the government was trying to allow and not allow. And we were trying to figure out how to do online. And, and it was the most confusing season of leading a church at that time. And, and I, you know, I wanted to be a, a man of faith and go, oh, we know what we're doing. But I'll be honest with you, I had zero idea what we were doing. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? How do I lead a church? And he said, just follow me today. One day at a time, follow me. Follow me, follow me. I'll lead you, I'll lead you, I'll take you forward. And I didn't have to have everything figured out to follow him today. And I want you to know in your walk with God, you don't have to have everything figured out to start following him. You don't have to have surrendered everything at this moment. Just say, God, I'm willing to let you lead me. And he will, he will take you to places that are better for your life. He'll comfort you when you need it. He'll bring miracles into your life. He'll bring the trust that you need for every aspect of life if you'll follow him. And so he leads us to a, a place today as an invitation. And I'm going to close with this question. 
And my question I want to ask you is who looked up Hebrews 13, 17 while I was preaching and they need to confess their sin? Is anybody here coming to... <laughs> and and you, you feel that you know why. All right, I, there's, listen, I appreciate your honesty. You know what it said? I'll, I'll just tell you what it said. I, then you don't have to look it up. But it said, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. <laughs> so I told you not to look it up, so it's all right. Maybe a, a correct closing. Let me do the real closing. Are you a fan or a follower? Are you saved but not surrendered yet? And I want to encourage you, one, is get baptized. But number two, right now in this moment, would you allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you about an area of your life that needs to be surrendered? And would you just respond to his call and say, yes, Lord, I'll surrender that. I'll give that to you today. And I'll begin to live from that. Would you bow your heads? I just want to have a ministry moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you you've called us to be followers. Thank you you have invited us to become followers, Lord. Thank you that you've loved us when we didn't deserve it, we weren't qualified. And Lord, thank you that Jesus, he died on the cross and he paid for my sins and all of our sins. And Lord, if there's people here that have never made a decision for the first time to follow you, would you speak to their hearts? Let this be a moment. And for those that are responding to God saying, this is an area I need you to, to surrender. Would you just make that decision now in your own heart? Yes, Lord. You're the boss of my life in that area. Now I'm going to invite everyone to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me and sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I choose today to follow Jesus, to live for him, to surrender my life, and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. I love you. God bless you.